You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. And this happened several months ago. There was a large truck that came out of the entrance and hooked it, got too close to it, and hooked the guardrail, pulled it out, pulled it out onto West Avenue, and then kept on driving. And we know it was a large truck because the truck was damaged and left several parts behind. Uh, police, uh, the police were called and they ended up blocking traffic and they tried to push the guardrail back, but it wouldn't budge. They called the fire department and next thing you know, they ended up pulling the guardrail back and in the picture that's where it's at right now they left it on the ground and we've been blessed with a guardrail just sitting there uh, for several months today we start a series called guardrails and most of the time we don't notice guardrails until we hit them or until someone else hits them you might be driving on down the road and and all of a sudden you see a guardrail that's just tore up and, and you're like man i never noticed that before i never noticed those guardrails until someone's actually hit it no one ever regrets having a guardrail in their life, but many people who haven't had guardrails feel the pain of not having boundaries and having guardrails in their life. See, guardrails are there to protect us, to keep us on the path, is to keep us out of the ditch. And over the course of this series, we're encouraging you to put guardrails around your heart, around your marriage, around your finances. As a church, we want to have some guardrails. In uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, it reminds us to put guardrails around our heart. It says, above all, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That's what the NIV, that's how the NIV puts it. The New Living says, uh, words it this way, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart determines the course of your life. Have you ever done something or said something and you thought, man, where did that come from? That's not normally like you. You see, the, the answer is it comes from our heart. The, the, the things that, that, that we say and the things that we do, it's a reflection of our heart, the good things and the bad things. Luke chapter 6 puts it this way, uh, starting at verse 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered uh, from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from, from bramble bushes. A good person produces good fruit from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And catch this, what you say flows, what you say flows from what is in your heart. Our behavior mirrors our heart. Yet often we focus on behavior modification instead of really looking at the real issue, and that's our heart. We treat the symptoms and not the cause. And Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, know my heart, and test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything that offends me, or offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This week I want you to take some time and I want you to do some some uh, time to examine your heart. I, I want you to ask God, is there anything that offends you? Is there anything that I need to put guardrails in my life? Uh, if I don't put these guardrails, I, that will lead me to the ditch. I, I want to take a few moments and, 
and just think about some things that, that could come to, uh, to our hearts that could wreck us. That when we have some of these things, there are indicators to say, hey, you know what? Uh, these could cause me serious uh, issues in my life. One of them is anxiety and worry. And in this time of COVID, there's been a lot of worry and anxiety. Uh, there's things that will consume us, and, and worry will keep us up at night. Uh, it will give us hives. It, it just uh, will make your stomach churn. But instead of worry, I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, actually, Philippians uh, 4, 6 uh, tells us, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. And so even though it's tempted for you, tempting for you to worry or when that worry does come into your life, instead, start praying. Say, God, you know what? This is something I'm concerned about. This is something that I feel might happen. And so I'm just going to give it over to you. And so let's be aware that when worry and anxiety try to invade our heart, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Another thing that tries to invade our heart is guilt. When we do something that where we've hurt someone, we've said something, or we've done something that offends someone, it can eat us up, especially if we've done something and we don't think anyone else knows about it. We, we've sinned in some capacity and we feel like it's a secret, but we know that we've done it and God knows that you've done it, and, and, and sometimes that will keep you up at night and sometimes that can consume you. And, and here's the solution to guilt. It's confess. Confess your sin not only to God, which is a good thing, but also confess to the person that you've hurt. Confess to the person that you've hurt. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. If you look in the Bible over and over, it talks about confessing our sin, not only to God, but confessing it to others. Confess your sin to the person that you've hurt. If you have an addiction, if you have something else going on in your life, find a trusted friend that you can confess your sin to so that they can pray for you, that they can encourage you, that they can hold you accountable. Another, another key thing that tries to invade our heart, and I think it's very common, especially in our culture, is anger. I know I'm guilty of getting angry. My guess is that some of you are guilty of getting angry. We get frustrated, we get mad about what's going on in our world, at our family, at our kids. We, we can find all kinds of reasons to get uh, angry. And sometimes it boils, boils up out of our heart and we lash out and we say things and we do things that we really uh, just, just are ugly. But the key to overcoming anger is to learn to forgive. And I know that's hard for some of you. It's easy for me to say forgive, but it's a whole lot harder for us to make the choice to forgive. But again, we see it over and over in the Bible that we're told to forgive and that Jesus is the great example for us. He forgave us. He forgave us of all of our sin. He died on the cross and he rose again. He, he conquered death and he shows us what forgiveness is all about. We don't deserve to be forgiven. And, and chances are, maybe the person that, that you're angry at they don't deserve to be forgiven, but you're canceling the debt. doesn't mean that you don't have scars. It doesn't mean that you don't hurt, but you're, you're saying, God, help me forgive this person. And when that comes to your mind, that how that person hurt you, say, hey, I made the choice to forgive. Closely related uh, to anger it is hate. And we're seeing a lot of that, especially on social media and, and in our culture. 
Uh, people hate for all kinds of reasons. If you don't agree with them, they want to cancel you out. If they don't agree with you, or if we don't agree politically, uh, then we see a lot of ugliness going back and forth, and especially in this political season. It, 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 just, it just hurts my heart to see how many things are just going back and forth, and both parties are guilty of this. We've seen hate in the form of racism. Uh, we've, we've seen how ugly that is. We, we've seen hate when people don't agree with someone else's lifestyle or the choices that they're making in their life. And, and they lash out and they say things, they do things that are far from godly. And, and, and here's how we, uh, when, when we sense hate in our heart, instead of hating, we didn't make the choice to love. We make the choice to love. What if we just started loving people that we disagreed with? That maybe you're here politically and they're there and instead of fighting about it, that you just made the choice, hey, I'm going to love them. What if we made the choice to, to be compassionate to each other, to show kindness, to show respect? Wouldn't that make life so much better? I mean, Jesus modeled that for us. And another thing that we need to be aware of that tends to invade our heart is greed. We, we, we want things, and, and we begin to accumulate, and we, we think that it will bring us happiness, and, and the world says, uh, you've got to have this to be content. But instead of worshiping and accumulating all of these things, and, and again, things aren't bad itself, but when we begin to put it on the throne of our heart, and we begin to think, hey, I have to have this to be content, that's when it becomes an issue. But how do I overcome greed? I give. I write big checks. I, I, write, I, I give things away. And I had a professor one time that he had a Bible that he really just loved. It was an antique Bible and he'd talk about it. But then he began to realize that he cherished that Bible so much that he forgot what was written in it. And so he ended up giving this special Bible away to someone. And he said, hey, as great as I love this Bible, I, I want to live what's, that, what's inside the Bible. I want to be generous. And so if greed is knocking at your door, take time and, and start giving. Sell some stuff off. Give it away. And then lastly, the thing that I think also uh, definitely invades our heart is jealousy. Uh, again, in social media, we can see all of the th great things that people are doing, how they got the promotion and, and you wanted the promotion or you wish that you could advance in your job or they went on the dream vacation or they got the car or they got the house or they went to this sporting uh, event. And, and next thing you know, you, can, you get to a point that you don't want to celebrate what they're doing. You're, you're jealous. You, you envy what they're, what they're able to do or what they've gotten. And, and I think the answer to, to jealousy is to celebrate. Celebrate what they're doing. I, I know even for ministers, sometimes this can be an issue. We can get jealous of another minister or another, another church, and we can see all the great things they're doing. Like, well, God, why can't I have that? Why can't I have 20,000 people at my church? And why can't I have 5,000 baptisms that day? And here's, here's what I've learned in ministry and, and what, I, uh, what uh, I've talked to some of my friends about. It's not about us. It's about celebrating the kingdom of God. And when, so, when someone gets the promotion, man, be excited for them. When they get to go on the vacation, be excited for them. Celebrate. And some of you, you've ran your life into the ditch. You've made some serious mistakes. You, you, you haven't established proper guardrails, and you're, you're thinking, man, how can God love me? But when I look in the Bible, I see a God of second and third and fourth chances. And we have hope that He loves us and He cares about us. And, and, and that at the end of the day, despite us running into the ditch sometimes, 
we have a God that still pursues us and wants the best for us.